The gospel sets us free from sin. What's the gospel? The good news of Jesus Christ. It's the message that in our sin, we are dead, but Jesus Christ came to pay for our sins. He died on the cross. We believe in Jesus Christ. We're set free from our sin. We're set free from hell. We're set free from any and all condemnation. We become children of God. We cannot die. Only the gospel is the law of liberty that gives us freedom. listeners. What a joy to be back with you today. I am your host, Shannon Stark, and I'm here in the studio with Pastor Robbie. We are digging verse by verse in the book of James in our current series, which means we are still in James chapter one. Hey, Robbie, do you have a favorite part of the book of James chapter one so far? You know, it is it is really exciting to be able to go verse by verse in this way, Shannon, and it's amazing how much you can get out of God's Word. As you said, we're still in chapter one and many messages so far. Man, God's Word is just awesome. So um, I love wisdom literature, and so I love the book of Proverbs. I love, you know, things like Ecclesiastes and then James, of course. Man, it's uh, it's so packed and it's so potent. And, and as we said, it's so practical. So my favorite so far, I mean, I definitely, definitely passage on trials, joy and trials, definitely the need for wisdom in James 1, 2. Definitely today, which is about being doers of the word, a very, very famous verse. I love a quote that's going to hear actually in, in our message today. Many have marked their Bibles but have their Bibles marked them. Isn't that good? That's a eh? great one. Isn't it? And that's kind of what James is, that's not kind of, it is what James is getting at. He's like, you can hear the word, but have you done the word? You can be hear the word, but are you a doer of the word? Have you put feet to the faith that you say, that I say, that we uh, claim to and that we live in? So what a great, great challenge. And may the Lord speak to you personally where you are. Because again, it's one thing to mark your Bible, but it's a whole different thing when your Bible has marked you. So I hope you're uh, eager and anticipating God speaking. And we're again in James 1, as you said, and really excited for this tremendous passage here today. I've heard too, a Bible that's falling apart belongs to somebody who's not. Mm, excellent. It's <laughs> a good one. I was always afraid to write in my Bible, but now I love to go back and refer and see the things that I've learned and the things that the Lord is teaching me. It's so encouraging. And um, today's message, too, talks about a genuine follower of Jesus knows what his word says and does it. And I think memorizing scripture and going through your Bible and reviewing the faithfulness of the Lord is so important in the Christian life. So, all right, let's get right into today's message and open your Bible with me to James chapter 1, verse 22. Be doers of the word. If you uh, can, please find a Bible, turn to James chapter 1, James chapter 1. You will greatly need the Bible today because there is no message apart from the passage that we are in right now. So here's how the saying goes. The saying goes, you know it well. Uh, you can talk the talk, but the question is, can you walk the walk? You can talk the talk, but can you walk the walk? Think about it. Why does that saying carry potency? Um, the reason it does, the reason it kind of resonates with us, and it's a good statement of conviction, because that statement is really a measurement of authenticity or credibility, Right, that's what that does. So you can, you can say things, but can you back them up? Right? Anyone can talk a big game, but can you deliver 
uh, during the big game. So we often say too, we often say actions speak louder than words, right? It's the same thing. That's James's heart 100% throughout this letter and especially in our passage today. Um, evidently, James, again, the author of the book of James, was pretty miffed at empty talkers. Uh, he did not have time for religious pontificators. Remember, James is eternity too. James is eternity was changed by the heart and life of his, of his half-brother, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, right? Remember that. And James carries, we'll see this today, James carries the heart of his half-brother, Jesus, again, uh, right through this letter. That's why it's part of Scripture as well. James is not interested in pharisaical or lofty religious speeches, not at all. He is zealous for fruit to be seen in the audience that he is writing to. And what he does then, he takes aim and he really hits the bullseye in terms of conviction of if you say this, then your, must, your life must live this. And really it's the, the one statement in our passage today in verse 22 where he says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. That's the thrust of our time together today. Why is that so important? Because it's so easy to hear, but not change. It's so easy to be present. You can be present here today, but not care. It's easy to do that. It's so easy, as Jesus says, to see something, but not perceive it. There's a big difference between hearing and actually doing, right? So, James is assist, insisting upon today. This is, again, one of the ways we kind of frame our time together. He's insisting upon an outward demonstration of an inner genuine faith. He's insisting upon, if what you say you believe is real, there must be fruit from your life that backs that up. We must be doers of the word. If you want to take today's message in one word, if you had one word, it's this, obedience. One word to describe our text today is obedience. If you want it in a sentence, then it's this. Genuine fruit from a genuine Christ follower will best be seen in genuine obedience. That line is important enough. Let's put it on the screen for you so we can see it again. This is the big idea. This is the thesis of today. It's the point of our text. Genuine fruit from a genuine Christ follower will best be seen in our lives through genuine obedience, again, to the word of God. So James 1, verse 22, we're gonna be looking at through to verse 27. Uh, let's read it, then we'll jump in as we do each week, just going verse by verse through uh, the word of God. Verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, notice, deceiving yourselves. Interesting. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks, looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But, contrast, the one who looks into the perfect law the word of God, the gospel, the scriptures, the law of liberty and perseveres in this, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. Notice, here's the promise, he will be blessed or she will be blessed in their doing. In verse 26, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, interesting, but deceives his heart, there's that phrase again, this person's religious is, religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, 
to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So another important day in the book of James. Let's get right into it. Let's start here. Number one we see is this. I must receive the command for obedience. I must receive the command for obedience. That's right there in verse 22. James says, commanding, but be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving uh, deceiving yourselves. So we got to see right here, okay, in verse 22, notice this. Right away, we see the difference between a disciple of Jesus and a hearer of Jesus only. And there's a massive difference between the two, okay? So again, um, excited, so many different people here today. You got to know this. Listening alone does not make you a true Christian, Listening alone, showing up here alone and hearing something like this does not make you a genuine disciple of Jesus Christ. Another way to look at it is this. This quote is good. It says this, many have marked their Bibles, but have their Bibles marked them? Okay, that's good. That's what James is saying today as well. You can hear, but has it resulted in transformation in your life? The conviction here today is this, genuine listening to the word, biblically speaking, Holy Spirit speaking, right here in a passage speaking, right, must result. Okay, there are no exceptions to those who are genuinely saved in Christ. Doesn't mean you're perfect every day. It means you are moving towards fruitfulness in Jesus Christ. Genuine hearing, listening, must result in genuine doing of the word in the fruit of Jesus Christ. So in verse 22, James is touching on two important aspects of the Jewish religious life, right? Number one was the hearing part. Hearing was an essential part of the Jewish religious rituals. But what James does, he's like, okay, you can hear, but now he starts to command what is often assumed, but not realized in many people's lives. You can hear, but the proof of genuine hearing is doing. Not earning from God. You are responding to life transformation from God in you and the fruit or the works of your life. Genuine hearing must result in genuine doing. And this is what, again, is often assumed in the lives of many people. But James is like, we can't assume that. We got to see it from our lives. It's like... um the person who can sit in church for years and there's no true change. Maybe that's some of you here today. You've been sitting in church for a amount of time, but there's never actually been actual change in relationship with Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit doing stuff within your life. It's the husband that can sit and observe week after week, sitting here in church or some situation like this, but there's no transformation that has been evident. That's the young person can show up with their parents week after week, month after month, year after year. The young person comes up with their parents, but there's no evidence of the Holy Spirit in their lives. That's what James is getting at here. You can hear, but the key is, has it resulted in a spirit-given doing again from your life? Now, this teaching is very, very, very important in Scripture. Jesus lays the foundation, the Sermon on the Mount, and one of the most critical passages you can find when it comes to this life. In Matthew 7, notice the parallel. Again, James is, again, half-brother Jesus. Jesus, half-brother James. They're on the same page here. Everyone, this is Jesus, everyone then who hears these words of mine, and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. 
If you hear the words of Christ, you hear the message of salvation and the gospel and trust and love Jesus Christ, you just built your house on the rock. And when your house is built on the rock, the floods will come and the rain will come and the wind will try to beat your house, but you will stand because your life is built on Jesus Christ because you have proven of true faith and receiving grace by doing the words in obedience of Jesus Christ. However, everyone knows who hears these words of mine and he says it explicitly, does not do them, is not obedient in the opportunity of grace through faith in Christ and the gospel, will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rains came and the floods came and the winds came and they blew against the house and it fell down because their house was not built on the rock, it was built on the sand and therefore it will not last. Notice the point Jesus says here, you can hear, you must do. Because the doing is the proof of legitimate receiving of God's grace and that you have been truly saved. Interesting too, the great commission, Matthew 28, Jesus Again, commands the church for all time. Go therefore, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Notice he says, teaching them, teaching them to observe. Yes, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you. Notice, teaching them, let them hear, but then they must do. They must observe right in the Great Commission itself. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Again, so interesting. So obedience in the words of Christ is the difference between life and death. Those who obey, they obey because they've generally been transformed in hearing the word of God and that gives them life. Those who hear and do not do proves they're not legitimate in Christ and then the result of that is death. Notice in verse 22, James says here, he says this, this interesting phrase, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. That's very fascinating, isn't it? So someone who hears and does not do, they've deceived themselves. How do we make sense of that? I mean, many of us though would fall into that category. Many of us previously, maybe this is our story. We had heard a bunch of years, we had heard, 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 but it's never actually produced change. We deceived ourselves into thinking that maybe we were saved or alive when we weren't. That happens all the time, still today, even in our you know, churchless culture, it still happens. For some here today, right now, this is, this is kind of where you're at and pray by the Holy Spirit, speak in your life and the love of God will melt you and break you. You'll be able to see the difference between hearing and actually doing. Because we can attend church, right? We can attend church, maybe even baptized as an infant. Maybe you were confirmed at some stage of religious church life. Maybe because you've memorized a few verses along the way. Maybe you've had a sense of morality. You heard some things, you have a sense of morality. Maybe you tried to do some good deeds along the way too because you heard that might be a good plan. Maybe some of us, we've heard the Christmas and Easter story year after year after year. We've heard it and we're like, I'm good, I'm in. Who says? No, 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 I've been here. I, I've, I've, I've heard it. Yeah, yeah, but hearing's not enough. Hearing must result in transformation and fruitfulness for Christ. This is what James is saying today. Remember too, James himself, half-brother of Jesus, the gospels allude to this, he did not believe in Jesus Christ as the son of God before Jesus Christ died and was raised from the dead. This is where James himself was at. He, he rejected Christ. Then he saw the resurrected Christ at some point and he became a leader in the church and wrote a book of the Bible. What happened? His religion turned to relationship. His, 
His deception turned to devotion. His hearing, when after seeing Christ's resurrection, exploded into genuine doing. He was made alive. And then the fruit exploded from his life. This is what James is getting at so much. He knows what he's talking about. He lived this. I want to make this abundantly clear today too. Some of us with not a strong biblical background, maybe not a lot of strong theology too, you must understand this. When James is, this is why again, Martin Luther was, was kind of like a little anxious with James's because he emphasized doing in works. But here's what we know, okay? Works, genuine works are the result from genuine salvation. So when you hear, I must hear and do, you do not do, hear, hear, you do not do to earn from God. Doing is the result of loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The reason you seek to be obedient to Jesus Christ is because of his obedience on the cross for you. You do not serve God to earn from God. You can't do that. We can't do that. We serve God and obey God because he has loved us by sending his son. And because we love him in return, therefore we wanna give our lives to him. I'll say it one more time. We do not do to earn from God. We cannot earn from God. We do out of response to God's love for us. He has loved us so much through his son, Jesus Christ, his life and death and resurrection. He paid for our sins. He bore God's wrath. Because of that, we receive the gift of salvation by grace. By grace, you can't earn grace. By grace, and then from there, if I'm changed, I cannot help but do. My life must produce fruit for Christ if I'm genuinely saved in him. And that's James's point. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, because hearers only deceive themselves. This takes us to our second point, number two, which is this. I must learn from the illustration of obedience now. Man, I love this part. This is really encouraging and exciting here. So verse 23, notice, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently, notice that, at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away, and at once he forgets what he was like. Interesting, isn't it? Interesting. Verse 25, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing, in his fruitfulness. So what, how do we make sense of this? This is all, all this, this language here is a little interesting. A mirror in the ancient world was often made up of polished bronze or copper. And so as you looked into a mirror, not like the mirrors we have today, it, it would produce a dim reflection. Sometimes it would produce a warped reflection. You really had to study the mirror to get a good look at kind of what your reflection looked like. The person in verse 24, okay, is the person, it says, notice it says, who looks intently. So it's not like the person's not looking. The person looks intently into the mirror and they, they see their imperfections, they see what they really look like, but the text says, because they're not legitimate, they actually forget what they look like and they leave and then soon after, it means nothing to them. So a great example of this is people sitting in church and the word of truth, again, this is amazing. So the word of God is a mirror and the word of truth is held up and what God's word does, it causes us to see us for who we really are. It's a mirror. We see our reflection and often we're, we're, we're pointed out the imperfections, the sin, the things we need to change. But this person sitting in church in verse 24, 
The word of God, the mirror is held up. They see their sin or imperfections, but because they don't care, they brush it off, they forget, they leave and by lunchtime, they forget they were even at church today. And there's no change. There's been a hearing, but there hasn't been a doing. There's no response again to the conviction for change. But then verse 25 provides an example of a true doer. And the true person, the true doer, they look into the mirror of God's word. And what happens when you get into God's word, all of a sudden you see the truth of God's word. You see your sin. We are moved with conviction. We believe in the freedom of God's will and God's way revealed in God's word. And the Holy Spirit starts acting in our lives and we're convicted and we want to be changed. We see that sin. We know it's wrecking our lives. We want to get rid of that sin, want to repent, want to be forgiven, and we want to be transformed that we might bear more fruit and be more blessed, verse 25, in the process. That's a person who hears and actually does as a response to what God has said. Let's take a perfect example from our passage last week. Last week, we spent a good amount of time on the sin of sinful anger, the seriousness of sinful anger. And as we taught that last week, the room was still. The listening was strong. The conviction was, was, was evident because a lot of us were being held up against the mirror of God's word. It was so beautiful because after the service, many people came to the front after the service in confession and repentance and tears and for prayer. In some cases too, so awesome. A husband and wife came up and the husband was confessing his sin of anger in front of his wife and asking for prayer. That's very, very beautiful. That is a great, great example of hearing and doing. The hearing resulted in genuine conviction that resulted is I don't wanna stay this way. I need help. Christ is the answer. Holy Spirit is my strength. I want to change. I will do something about it today because the Lord is working in my life. But last week, what we know too, every week, there were people sitting here and heard the same message, had the same mirror of God's word held up to their lives. They had a sense of conviction, but they weren't willing to do something about it. And so what happens is, is that they hear and they're like, in the end, mm, I don't care. Or like they hear and they're like, I just don't wanna do anything about that. So they leave and by lunchtime again, all has been forgotten and no change has taken place. That's the person in verse 24. That's what the Bible is describing. So what are we gonna be? Are we gonna be hearers? Or are we gonna be doers um, of the word? Again, if we hear and do not do, remember the text says, not me, the text says we deceive ourselves. By the way, I just wanna point this out. When it comes to the mirror of God's word, um, there's a reason we're called Hope Bible Church. Hope Bible Church. If, if you don't have, I just love how the Bible talks about itself. If, if you're not staring in the mirror of God's word every day, you're gonna be in big trouble. Like, can you, can you imagine, like, the churches that close the Bible? I, I don't have a theological understanding of why you would ever do that. Let's, let's diminish the Bible in church. What? Let's close God's voice so we can say what we really, this is what churches are doing all over the place, okay? All over the place. Less of God, more of us. Okay, theologically speaking, do you think that's going to end well? Like, honestly, can you actually give an argument of how that will go well on some level with the church of Jesus Christ when we silence the voice of God and raise the voice of humans? No, there's no way with an open Bible you can say that's a good plan, but so many 
churches are, why, why do so many believers spend no time in the word of God? That to me is theological insanity. I do not understand. It's the mirror of, I mean, even this morning, I woke up early hours and I open up the mirror of God's word and it reveals to me and shows me and leads me and encourages me and convicts me and blesses me. And I'm so changed by, that's my theology of why I get up early in the morning because this is God's mirror and I need to look into it because I cannot see things by myself. And this is the one tangible book that God has given to his church. Please understand that. There's no other gift you can hold in your hands other than the Bible, the word of God, the inerrant, sufficient, again, inspired word of God. This is why too, I implore you, if you're new to our church and you're coming, man, when I see people walking from the parking lot, have a Bible in your hand. If you use the Bible on your phone, okay, fine, not as good, not as good, but have a Bible, have a Bible, have a Bible. Again, come to church, look into the mirror, be blessed with one another. Again, there's no point. Listen, you will not make it without this book. And that was a good spot for an amen, by the way, church. All right, all right. Listen, you, you, you cannot survive apart from the word of God. This is, not, this is not legalism. This is relationship with the living God and hearing it as we are today. Can you imagine if this message was apart from this book right now? I can make you laugh maybe if I try enough. I can tell some stories to maybe get a little emotion or tear in your eye. I can maybe try to appeal to your intellect, but in the end, nothing changes. You come in, you're like, oh, that was nice. And you leave exactly the same way as you came. Only the book is what the Holy Spirit uses. to change. This wasn't all in my notes, but this is an important time for us to understand. We need the mirror, the mirror of God's word within our lives. We cannot, cannot push this aside. Again, so notice, this is a great lead in those of verse 25. Notice it says, the perfect law, the law of liberty. What is that? That's the word of God. That's the Bible. That's the scriptures. That's the gospel. Notice, James says, the perfect law, that is the inspired, inerrant, sufficient word of God. The perfect law. No book like it in the history of the universe. The Bible stands alone. Then the law of liberty. The law. Why is it called the law of liberty? Because the gospel is our freedom. The gospel sets us free from sin. What's the gospel? The good news of Jesus Christ. It's the message that in our sin, we are dead, but Jesus Christ came to pay for our sins. He died on the cross. We believe in Jesus Christ. We're set free from our sin. We're set free from hell. We're set free from any and all condemnation. We become children of God. We cannot die. Only the gospel is the law of liberty that gives us freedom. So the person who looks into the law of liberty says, yeah, like I want that freedom. I mean, there's no other gospel message that can do that in this world. Only Jesus can say, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. That's the gospel. It's the law of liberty. You won't find that anywhere else, anywhere else, again, in this world. Only Jesus Christ can truly set us free. So James is like, man, you got, the person looks into the law of liberty to the perfect law. And again, that's why preaching is so utterly important. God uses the Bible to pierce our hearts, to transform. See, see, only this book can look into the inner parts of your being as it is right now. For hearers and doers, the Holy Spirit's looking into your heart right now. Hey, Living the Light listeners, listen, you've heard of Black Friday. You've probably heard of Cyber Monday. But if you heard of Giving Tuesday, 
That's a time again for people who are fired up about ministries like Live in the Light to give on Tuesday, November 29th to again ministries like ours to see the gospel continue to go forward and lives to be changed through the revelation of God's truth. Did you know that we are kept on the air on this station 100% by generous donors like yourselves? It's so true. We are dependent on you and the support and prayer again of our listeners to continue to see these messages go out and we pray reach so many people again for the Lord Jesus Christ. And this year we're excited to say we had a special donor step up and they are willing again to match gifts up to $25,000. They're going to match again all donations up to that amount towards living the light in this giving season. So hey, maybe right now you you consider being used of the Lord to uh, see how you can be used to give generously, to live in the light that will continue to reach people again a donor is going to match up to $25,000 we're so thankful for that donor and thankful for you for considering being used in this way at this time to see light shine in the darkness and to see those again without hope to find the hope that is found in Jesus Christ bless you all for prayerfully considering such things that's all for today hope you can join us again next time on live in the light I wanna-